there's a new strain of the coronavirus in London town. Probably not what you want to hear just before Christmas on the same day the vaccinations start in the US. So are we still stuck in this paradox between vaccine news and lockdown news? UK-EU trade talks still go on. Meanwhile, China later on will show us how well they're doing. It's Tuesday, the 15th of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down about 0.4% with the biggest rise in the pound. It's up 0.8%. The euro is also up a third of 1%. A big rise in the NASDAQ. It's up 0.8%. The S&P 500 and the Dow up ever so slightly. They've actually uh, paired back a little bit over the last hour or so. Whilst in Europe, the Eurostox 50 is up half a percent. The FTSE 100 down a quarter percent. UK 10-year yields uh, are up five. Gilt yields are up five basis points. Elsewhere, little movement on bonds and oil was down half a percent, but it's recovered all of that now. And Ray Atrell is here, head of FX strategy at NAB in Sydney. Curious that uh, we see a return to sort of uh, the COVID-era pattern for equities with this biggest rise in tech stock just as uh, in the United States people are starting to be injected with the uh, with the vaccine maybe I guess the worrying news to counter that is that in in the UK the health minister uh, is attributing uh, the rise in incidences particularly in uh, in and around London in a, a new strain of COVID-19 it's evolved yeah morning Phil that uh, so certainly the news from New York to London through Germany is, is certainly not encouraging in that respect and uh, so you mm. mentioned the Nasdaq and uh, you know we've learned to uh, to think about uh, in some convoluted way you know, tech stocks, which have obviously been <laughs> on so much of a tear this year as the ultimate defensive play. If we're all going back into our shells, then um, we're yeah. all going to be switching on Netflix and seeing what we haven't watched. But um, so whether that's part of uh, the there's story a bit of biotech or not. biotech in there but, as well. No, I suppose that is the story. And obviously Tesla is about mm. to uh, join the S&P 500, I believe, from next week as well, isn't it? But um, yes, yeah. but I think that, you know, the, the story of the a bit of a, a day of two halves, I guess, with uh, markets starting the week, uh, pretty ebullient mood, I think, on a combination of uh, the EU and UK agreeing that we are going to keep on talking to the bitter end. Uh, and that's why we've seen sterling rally quite sharply, but also obviously the weekend news of uh, you were talking about yesterday of the uh, US FDA's emergency use authorization um, for the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. So, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, that's why we sort of started on the uh, on the front foot, at least, but I think the, uh, yeah. the virus news and the implications of that, and you just mentioned the UK. Variant. Well, it's hard to ignore, mm. isn't it? So I was having a look at the uh, the Google Google mobility figures, and uh, if you look at uh, you know close to home, take New South Wales as an example. Compared to the start of pre-COVID, uh, retail and rec- recreation in New South Wales is six percent down. In the United States, uh, visits to those locations are twenty one percent down. In Germany and Spain, it's twenty three percent down. In the UK, it's twenty six percent down. These are very recent figures up to uh, yesterday in France 27% down so well down you know in the and you would have thought you know that you'd be hoping in the uh, the week before christmas that these numbers would be looking up flight radar 24 shows the number of commercial flights now a 7 day moving average is still 44% less than a year ago again right up to yesterday with no sign of picking up over the last uh, few months so businesses are still struggling and it's going to get worse because we've got uh, you mentioned uh, new york the mayor there has warned that we you know they're going to have to prepare for a full lockdown london is just been announced today that it's going to go into into tier 3 the highest uh, category in the uk and uh, we talked yesterday about more restrictions in germany as well so uh, and yet despite all of that there's still a bit of risk on in the markets right? well that's right because you know markets are forward-looking and they're still saying however bad the news is at the moment and uh, 
I think Angela Merkel, the German Chancellor, is, is now being cast as the Grinch who stole Christmas in Germany. And obviously, yeah, yeah similarly, yeah, PM Johnson regarding London and, uh, and the mayor of New York, at least anyway. But, um, you know, the vaccine is being rolled out. Um, you mentioned that a new strain of the virus in the UK, but Matt Hancock, the health secretary, is expressing public confidence that uh, the existing vaccines will prove as effective against this new one. So I think markets are still saying, look, we're still anticipating large-scale rollout of this vaccine, you know, by the middle of next year. And uh, if you think that very crudely, equity markets are telling you where they think the world will be six months into the future, um, you know, I think that's why they're not being too mm. perturbed by these latest developments. Right, but when things are better, when we've got rid of uh, these infections and we've got the vaccine out there in six months' time and things are looking right. good. Are investors really going to say, oh, well, you know, we, we, we're not going to get more enthusiastic? We had all our enthusiasm thinking six months ahead just before Christmas. <laughs> uh, well, well, let's see what happens in, in six months' time. We struggle to say what's going to happen tomorrow, Phil, you and I. So uh, what's going to happen in six months? And, uh, the knows? reason I'm asking that is I'm just wondering whether, whether the, the reaction is going to be that, you know, the economy is going to be overstimulated right. at the, at the yes. end of all of this. No, I mean, I think, I, I think a, big, you know, a big factor relating to the virus is, is just how much um, economies are going to, to reopen, and, and particularly when in international uh, borders are open for uh, are open for travel so obviously yesterday we had the uh, the positive news from the, the New Zealand prime minister that uh, a trans tasman uh, bubble uh, could be announced very early in the new year uh, to, to take effect at some point in the first quarter. She's being cagey about dates um, and wanting yeah. to say, well, what are the contingency plans if we do have outbreaks? But um, that's going to be... Flight, you know, but why, why not much of a market no. reaction to that? I would have thought this would have been excellent news for the... Well, I think, it, I think it had been anticipated for a while, given mm. the, uh, the trend, you know, the, the zero infections in, uh, in, in New Zealand now for, for, for many weeks and uh, effectively zero community transmission, at least, as far as Australia, so they'd pretty much set that those were the conditions for, for reopening that bubble. Um, but uh, no, it is it is you know it is certainly good news on a relative basis. I mean, looking at the stats yesterday, I think about one one point four or one point five million uh, Kiwis visit the uh, the West Island as they refer to it every year, and a similar mm. number going from Australia to New Zealand. But on a relative basis, it's, it's bigger news for New Zealand. Roughly half of the international tourist spend in New Zealand every year yeah. comes from Australians. But it's going to be much more than that, isn't it? I mean, everyone's going to, I mean, they're going to have to double the flights because everybody is going to, you know, just the, the sheer novelty of going to a different country, uh, even if it is New Zealand, you know, it's <laughs> it's going to be alarming for people. Everyone, everyone will want to do it. But getting back to uh, uh, the US, just before we, we drift off that, uh, 4 p.m. Washington time, I've been reading, we're going to see the text for the proposed relief spending package. And it does seem like there's been some movement on this because there's talk about whether it's actually going to be in two parts so that they've, you know, they can't get both parts passed. They can, uh, and one will be the contentious one with their uh, aid for the states and that sort of stuff. Then they can just ditch that and at least get something through this week. I think that seems to be what the great hope is. No, I think so. And if you if you look at the differences, so the, as you say, that the, the suggestion is that the bill will be split into two parts. Um, you know, the rump of that is the you know things like the extension of unemployment benefits um, and other um, you know fiscal support um, plans that amount to about seven hundred and fifty billion of that roughly nine hundred billion. Um, you know, a, a mm. muted plan with about one hundred and sixty billion 
um, relating to support for state and local governments, which obviously the Republican senators in particular have, have to date been implacably opposed to. Um, but also, you know, the, the element that the, the, uh, the Democrats um, have been unhappy with, which is this potential liability protection for businesses. Um, you know, those two elements are being lumped into a separate bill that, that may or may not pass. But if, um, if we at least get this sort of 750 billion um, support plan, and we know that unemployment benefits in particular are going to be extended at least through January. Um, then I think that does give markets something something to cheer about. So let's uh, let's await the details and right. and obviously the response from the likes of, of Nancy Pelosi and, and Senate Leader Mitch McConnell are going to be crucial to markets being able to determine whether this actually gets done. But the clock is ticking, and the, we had that stopgap <laughs> funding bill last week, um, which only lasts until the weekend. So um, yeah, uh, there are other, they, I guess they could roll that forward, but um, say markets seem to be. Um, quite enamoured or enthused by this latest proposal. So let's see where it goes. Mm. And they're enthused about Brexit, you know, or the, uh, well, you know, Brexit is happening, but the UK-EU trade deal. Uh, so, I mean, that's really got to happen this week, hasn't it? I mean, uh, or, or do you think it could it could, it could could drag on beyond that? It's, I mean, it is like banging your head against the wall, isn't it? You, you know it hurts, but you keep on doing it. And uh, Well, you do it until the wall breaks down and you walk through to the other side. I think that's the, there's a door song there, isn't there? Break on through to the other side. I should use that one one day for one of my missives. But um, no, I mean, is it this week or is it midnight on December 31st? I mean, given the, uh, you know, the, the, the um, you know, the, Propensity for the uh, for the EU to to be ever ingenious in the ways that it will, uh, if you want to use the word fudge, you can, or creative in the way that we uh, that they draft things, which I think is how Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary, was describing it yesterday. Mm. You know, what's to say that we don't have something on the thirty first of December? Um, we haven't drafted it; it hasn't been approved by EU. But there's a kind of a holding period where we say, well, let's carry on as we are. You know, pending ratification of a deal. But, no, um, God, this can you know, go on for years. So, it? but I think you know, the, the essential does seem point like is, the likely is, outcome, doesn't it? Fact, you know, the, the, well, yeah. it could well be. But, the, mm. but that, from the market's point of view, that's fine. You know, yeah. as long as those the borders aren't slamming shut and tariffs are coming into effect on yeah. December thirty first, then it's a sort of business as usual, and that's certainly the the attitude that markets took. I think the you know the, the willingness at the weekend to say let's keep on talking, even though we've got the difference. I think just plays to shows you what the sheer level of political determination behind the scenes is not to allow this thing to fall into a heap, despite the, the rhetoric, particularly from the UK side, that said that it, last week it was very, very likely that we wouldn't have a deal. Mm. Um, it does look like PM Johnson has softened the rhetoric on that somewhat. So um, yeah. let's see where we go. But uh, in the meantime, Sterling has pretty much recouped almost all of the losses that we uh, that we suffered last week. Right. We get uh, UK labour market data for September later on. There's a, a bigger fall in jobs expected there, although the average earnings is expected to increase. I think that is the case, as we've seen in the United States, isn't it? The lower paid jobs are disappearing, so that's pushing the average wages up. Uh, but also, uh, the Bank of England is meeting later on. We've got this rise in uh, in gilt yields happening, five basis points I mentioned at the beginning of the programme. Is that because of the Bank of England? I thought they weren't doing too much, or is that uh, linked in somehow to this expectation that maybe there will be a Brexit deal? Well, I, to some extent, I think it's sort of part and parcel of the, uh, you know, uh, of the, the sentiment towards the Brexit deal. So, uh, you know, if we are oh. going to get a deal and the economy, therefore, is not going to suffer this big you know, immediate hit, if you like, from uh, all the disruption that will cause, then um, you know there's less reason, I guess, at the margin for the Bank of England to have to be stepping in and doing more. Um, for example, you know, flirting with negative interest rates. So, uh, mm. you know, if that's the scenario, you'd expected that to put downward pressure on gilt yields. So, if the market's now taking the more charitable view of how things play out, I do think it's logical that the gilt yields have backed up a little bit. 
Now, China's activity numbers for November. Uh, today, retail sales, industrial production, fixed asset investment, it's all expected to go up, isn't it? No, it is. Yeah. So, yes, just looking at the market consensus, industrial production seen at 7% year on year from 6.9. Retail sales 5% up from 4.3. Fixed asset investment 2.6 from 1.8. So, um, obviously, in the background, and we haven't got time to, to talk about it in depth here, is, um, you know, is what's happening with, with Australia-China trade. And uh, the news on coal in particular was, was pretty dis- disconcerting, at least last night in terms of whether we're going to see those sort of quotas reset and, and, and coal imports getting back into Australia. But um, um, but for the time being, at least, it's still the case that uh, the China numbers look good. It's providing support for for commodity prices, and that in turn is feeding into positive sentiment towards the Australian dollar. Although we did hear yesterday that uh, China seems to be uh, kicking up a bit of a fuss about how much iron ore prices have gone up and sensing a speculative activity there. So mm. we have seen them come off in the futures market overnight. So. Oh. Um, um, but uh, other than that, it, it, it certainly looks as though it will be more signs that the Chinese economic recovery proceeds. Yeah. Okay, a few things coming out today, the RBA minutes. You tell me, you can talk about one of these, that's all. The RBA minutes, the Australian payroll numbers, the weekly payroll numbers for the states. We get the US Empire Manufacturing Survey and Industrial Production uh, for November as well. And I've already, I think I've already mentioned the UK labour market data that's coming out. So uh, that's, what the, that's the numbers. Want to talk about any of those or have you had enough? <laughs> I think I probably I think I'd be surprised <laughs> if any of them have uh, earth-shattering impact on markets. Let's leave yeah. it there. I think let's hold off and see what happens with that fiscal stimulus over the next few hours, perhaps. Good to talk, Ray. Thanks, Phil. Uh, that's it for Tuesday. This has been the morning call for NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.